Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, my name is Amy and I work at Lowe's. Time to roll up your sleeves and take on those weekend projects. And to help, Lowe's has low prices on items across the store, like a Werner Aluminum Portable Work Platform for only $35. Or check out our new Olympic One Paint, a paint and primer in one, now just $24.44 per gallon. Plus, get a Sherline Starter Kit with a roller, paintbrush, and tray for $8.97. Find these and more everyday low prices right now at Lowe's. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering you to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway Pierce. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you at whatever time you might be listening to the show, and welcome to the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply by improving the quality of our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships. Now, as you can tell by this introduction, it is an adult show where we are talking about adult topics, and so I would ask you to please exercise your discretion if you have young ears around. You can listen to this and any show uh, on demand after it airs if you visit the website www.thespeedwayshow.com. You can also see what's coming up, read and post comments, send me an email, and do lots of other things. If Facebook is more your speed, you can join in the discussion and listen to posted on-demand shows on your own time on the fan page, facebook.com slash show. You can also follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash, you guessed it, show. The topic today is one that is very near and dear to my heart because I have struggled with it mightily. And the topic is successful relationships with God. What does that look like and how do you achieve it? From a spiritual perspective, it is one thing to develop a relationship with a human being that you can see and touch and feel, right? But how do you do that with one you cannot and who is not tangible in a way that we are used to. Does God really talk to people? Sometimes you hear people say, you know, God spoke with me this morning, and and I used to think, really, really? And um, can God actually touch you? How do you develop that kind of relationship with him, with her, with formless spirit? And when people talk about having that personal relationship with God, do they really? And how on earth do they actually achieve that? That is what we're going to be talking about today. Those of you who were here in the first few weeks that the show launched might remember a phenomenal woman who was uh, one of my earliest guests, Sheila Ford. Sheila is an international speaker author and coach focused on spiritual growth, leadership, and life planning. She is founder and CEO of Mission to Mobilization, LLC, and Sheila has authored uh, several books that she has to her credit. One is called Love Letters to Him, and it consists of 52 poems and essays inspiring intimate relationships with God and is particularly pertinent for our topic today. So if you haven't already picked up a copy, I encourage you to do so. You can pick one up by going to the Speedway Show and uh, clicking on the link for this particular show, or you can go directly to her website at loveletterstohim.com. I have personally read this book, and I can tell you that in this book, Sheila's writing is passionate, quite provocative, and powerfully personal, and it's all about that personal relationship with God. Another book she wrote is called Kingdom Compass, Do You Know Where You Are Going? 
This particular book launched Sheila's work in India. And her third book is The Country Compass, Mobilizing the Nation Through Acts of Kindness and Service. In her project planning work, Sheila reaches corporations to correctional facilities and everything in between. Discussions include spirituality, sexuality, sanity, self-worth, scars, Sheila's domestic work with World Vision includes capacity, community, and relationship development. Visit Love Letters to Him to learn more about Sheila's work. The last thing I will tell you about Sheila is that I count her as uh, one of my friends. It's my privilege to be able to say that. If you missed the first show that she did, it was, um, I think it was on the 26th of June, if I remember right, and it was called Bad Relationships, How Do They Happen and How Do They Heal? And Sheila gave us step-by-step instructions on how to overcome those relationships in your life that are holding you back from having successful and free um, uh, relationships going forward. So check that out on the com, and um, you can be blown away just like I was. Sheila, welcome again to the Speedway Show. Thank you. What a pleasure. Glad to be here with you. Thanks, Speedway. So let us jump right into this um, riveting topic, at least, at, at least for me and hopefully for our listeners. Uh, start by telling us what God means to you. Well, I'll really kind of start by defining God uh, for me is really a triune or trinity being God the Father, then God uh, the Son, Jesus Christ, and then God is Holy Spirit. Um, Really, God for me is, it's my life, my rest, my joy, my peace. Um, I, I wanted to kind of kind of give three ways I I believe that God meets me and governs my life. Um, He is my law, so it governs and protects protects me. My legacy helps me to really look at why I do what I do, what I do um, in life, and then um, how I I serve. And so... Uh, you know, giving me the ability to to give and teach and write and all the things that that I do. So, really, my life, my law, and my legacy is really really encompasses wow. who God is to me. Well, let me ask you about the first thing that you said, and it struck me because um, one of the things that we're going to explore. Uh, on the show on another Sunday is um, Judaism, and one of the big differences between Christianity and Judaism is the idea that Jews apparently have a very monotheistic view of God and they do not believe in the Trinity. And part of what I think sometimes people struggle with is this whole concept of the three-in-one. And right. so I find that sometimes when people think about the Trinity, they think about it as three separate entities. Can you share with us a little bit about what that whole concept of the three-in-one really means? When, we, when, when Christians talk about the Trinity, are we talking about one God, or are we talking about really three aspects of God, or are we talking about three completely different things? Sure. It, it can seem um, to be confusing, but um, it is it's really clear, I believe, by faith. When you look at Jesus' life when he was here on earth, he spoke of uh, God being his Father. He prayed to God the Father. He did the work and service in the community uh, that he lived in was based on the will and direction of the Father. So he was talking about someone else when after he died, um, on the cross, was raised from the dead. And when he came back um, to speak to his disciples as well as other people, he talked about that he was going to a place, he was going to be leaving the earth, and he was going to leave um, um, the, the the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, among us in his absence. And so 
there there are very clear um, descriptors in the Bible that talk about these three that um, really are in one that are one, but actually have what we believe as kind of three have had three different kind of functions um, in the relationship with man. Okay. So now talk to us about your relationship with God. What does that look like? Okay. Well, I I pray to God the Father. Um, I look to Jesus really for examples and really thanking him for the sacrifice and the model that he provides for us as believers. And then I listen really to the Holy Spirit for direction. So um, I really am praying or in relationship with all three based on um, kind of what what I need or, um, you know, what I'm kind of focused on, on doing. Uh, you know, I believe that God is um, through the Trinity, and I don't always just say through the Trinity, I just say God, meaning the, the three, that um, they are, he is, I say he is my closest friend. Um, he directs me, and I'm really, I feel as though this relationship requ- requires that uh, I, that I'm peculiar, that I'm really a different person, that I have my purpose on earth really is to expose others to the powerful gift of God's love and that really I'm on assignment while I'm here. So I believe that I'm just I'm kind of passing through this life and eventually I will go and be able to live um, in a life with, um, with God forever. And, you know, I, I have a manual that really gives me instructions, who I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that gives me instructions, uh, precautions, and even promises while I'm here on the, on the earth. So it's fair to say that you would consider your relationship with God certainly to be an intimate one. It is very, very intimate. Um, I I believe that God is as close as, as my breath. I mean, he... Here is he also lives within me, but also lives among me. Uh, my relationship with God is the closest that I have in life. So it's um, he's closer to me than anyone, and closer than my husband or siblings, friends, you know, any children that are in my life. And I've prioritized this relationship to be first, and I really believe that you know God helps me with all the other relationships that I have in my life. And, um, you know, another thing about this is, you know, I think about how people talk about um, how much, you know, they love love things or they love they love their car or they love their house or, or certain things in their life. And, you know, is there intimacy in that kind of relationship? Well, no. Um, I believe that intimacy only can, can only, only be realized in a reciprocated interaction. So, no, there's no intimacy in a, relation, in a relationship like that because you can't receive energy or love back from those things. So intimacy, um, you know, comes from the, the, the mutual um, love and give and take of the relationship that I have with God. Um, you know, there's, this is often where we, we struggle with people in our lives. And, you know, the blessing for me is that I really started seeing and feeling uh, this relationship and this love interaction with God um, a very long time ago. And it's just it's been, um, it's been a, growing, a growing process. Now, before we go any further, for those people in the audience who might be wondering, let me ask you this question. Why? Why develop an intimate relationship with God? Why develop any relationship with God at all? So, for example, to you know, you I, I, I hear the why question in in two different flavors. There are some people who would say, "Look, I am successful. I have great relationships in my life, at home, at work, 
in my social life. And by the way, I did it all myself. I've done just fine without a relationship with God so far, so why do I need it? And the flip side of that is I have gone through so much difficulty in my life, and where was God? He didn't help me. He wasn't there for me. So what is the point of having a relationship when I'm going to struggle anyway? But but surrounding those sort of two polar opposites is the question of why should I have that relationship? What would you say to that, Sheila? Okay, loaded. <laughs> Very uh, loaded. Yes, right. You okay, can take so the next ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so to the first point if someone may have the audacity to say that they don't have any problems and their life is perfect and, you know, they've got it all together with their job and work and family and all that, they're most likely not telling the truth. Um, They are probably even masking, you know, some of the stuff that's really going on. And so most of the time um, you you find people coming to a relationship with God, A, uh, maybe they were reared in that way, that it was – they were um, exposed to a relationship and with God and saw or felt a benefit um, from their relationship, and I can talk about that, you know, in in a minute. Um, or um, sometimes people hit rock bottom. You know, you've heard a lot of stories like that where somebody is just their life it just spins spirals out of control, and they've done everything they could try to do. And someone, either they may have heard, you know, that why not try God because pretty much they've tried everything else. And when they do, they see the um, the benefit of God's love unconditionally regardless of, you know, whatever whatever they, they've done in their in their life. And, and so, you know, I believe that people come to, you know, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how, you know, Jesus is knocking at the door of, of our hearts so that God really wants to be in relationship with us um, for the purpose of, one, being reconciled to us, having a relationship, being able to pour his love on us, helping us, protecting us, directing us, um, giving us strength, giving us wisdom, you know, that we... We believe that we know everything or that, you know, we are very intelligent. And maybe to to the second point, you know, we think we know everything, but um, oftentimes we find that there is there are a lot of things we really don't know and that uh, the entering into a healthy relationship with God is really saying, I I don't know everything. I, I there is there is an entity greater than myself. Um, if for those people that believe that God created the earth, I mean, I just think about the greatest miracle in you know in life is the um, the the germination of a sperm and an egg. Okay, man has tried to do that, but you see how they botched it up with cloning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody coming out with yes. ears and, and four legs. Okay, no, that is not you. You're not. You don't have it down. And so, you know, God to me, when when I see how God, I believe that God created the entire earth, the, the a body uh, that through that sperm and egg, I become the living, breathing, blood pumping, you know, uh, individual thinking with intellect and all of that that um I would I would want to serve I would want to be in relationship if he would have me you know someone that um that could create and and to to develop a world um of that uh, magnitude and so I think it it really comes down to knowing and recognizing that the wisdom and the knowledge and the power is so much greater than anything that we could ever do on our own, and so that thus needing needing him. Okay. So now <clears throat> it's one thing to develop a relationship with somebody you can see, right? So, Sheila, for you and I, if we're building our relationship, we spend time together, we go out, I call you, you call me, we, we, we hang out. and And most people get that, but... 
I think a lot of people struggle with developing a relationship with one who is not tangible. And I personally had a really difficult time with that. And I remember there was one day I, I just literally sat down and I said, okay, Lord, I, I, I hear this relationship thing. I want it because the people who have it, I, I just look at them and I'm like, I want that. But I just don't know how to do it. And so, you know, you have to show me. <laughs> so to to those people who are like I was and, and struggling with how do I how do I get there, what can you share with us about how you achieve that kind of intimacy with God that you're describing? Sure. You know, it really it starts um by faith. You know, if you think about the example of you know, the very first time that you sat in a chair, you had faith. You believed that the chair was going to hold you and that it was going to, you know, to uh, sustain you. You know, I started um, listening, then responding to what I heard um, and then saw as a result of, you know, kind of promptings from God. And so that was either, you know, praying for people or maybe giving money to complete strangers. I could have been, you know, maybe sharing an encouraging word um, that once I did that, that the, pe- the person was just uh, blown away that I was able to say something which was based on something I heard in my heart um, that was specifically related to something that that person was going through. You know, I really be- – it, it, it started off as little um, nudges, or direction, and really has become an an assurance with me now um, that you know God is with me and that I hear um, His leading and that I follow. You know, I think about um, a couple of examples really come to my mind, or what people often call as testimonies. But I remember one time I was um, I was at the doctor's office and. I had been waiting and waiting and waiting for a long time, and there was a woman sitting next to me, and she had on the most beautiful orange sweater. And so I heard in my heart, um, which I believe was um, a prompting um, by God, to compliment her sweater. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? I mean, I've been waiting for a long time. I'm not in the mood, I mean, even though I'm an <laughs> extrovert and I'm fun. <laughs> I think that's not like complimenting the sweater. <laughs> I was not in the mood my own chit-chatting. <laughs> chit-chatting. I was like, no, I want to get into the doctor and I want to get out of here. And so I, I was like, okay, no, that's okay. I don't feel like that right now. And so I heard it again, you know, compliment um, her orange sweater. And orange actually happens to be my very favorite color. So I was like, okay, fine. So I said, oh, um, I said, I just want to tell you, you have the most gorgeous Sweater. I said, that is so beautiful. I said, I just love orange. And she just stops. She looks at me and she says, do you know that I haven't had a compliment in over 20 years? Oh, my goodness. Okay, right. And I'm thinking, oh, my wow. goodness. Okay, what, first of all, who, where are the people that should be around her to compliment her? It's been 20 years. It's not one person said anything, you know, encouraging to her. Then... Yeah. Okay, so then then she goes on to give me a litany of um, all of the challenges that she was facing, that she was going back and forth to the doctor. She had been in and out of the doctor like seven times, and that um, she didn't have any family that, to surround her. And she said, she said, I'm just going to tell you, she said, if, I have, if the doctor puts me in the hospital one more time, she said, I'm going to kill myself. Oh. And I said, whoa. And so as I'm sitting there, I... You know, I didn't have, you know, many or much counseling skills or whatever, and I just <laughs> felt like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is your your time. I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? And I heard pray. And so I took, we there was like a little newspaper that was there. I, we picked up the paper, and I asked her to put her hand on it because she was on the left side, and I had mine, and we were kind of using the paper kind of to partition us from the rest of the people. And I just, you know, softly begin to pray for her and just really speak life you know, to her and and believe and tell her that she, you know, could get through what she was going through and that she was going to live and not die and that she could make it. And as I was praying, she began to sob. I mean, literally, she just faced her full with tears. And finally, you know, I get to where I felt like I said all the things that I was supposed to say and, you know, closed it in prayer. 
And so she grabbed my hand and she just, you know, held it really tight and she said, I'm going to make it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so awesome. And as soon as she said that, this is the truth, the nurse said, "Uh, Sheila Ford, it's time for you to see the doctor. And I was like, oh, I mean, the time, everything. I mean, I don't care what anybody says, just the, the timing and the purpose and everything was just phenomenal. And so I, so th- those are, that's one of, I can't tell you how many countless times, you know, over the course of my life that as I started hearing, um, you know, nudges that my relationship and the intimacy that I have with God grew because I I would hear him and then I would do it and then I'd see a, an almost immediate result. Sometimes I don't see anything, but but many times it, I've seen it and then it reassured me that what I was hearing really was, um, I believe, from him. And then secondly, it was for the purpose of helping others. So that, I mean, this really kind of gets back to the other why question is is that my relationship with him really is not about me, but more um, because the gifts that God has given me is about other people. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. talk about this just forever because, you know, as I hear you talk, I, I, I'm astounded because, you know, it, it is so true, and I found it to be true in my own life that you always know when it's the voice of God talking because it ain't you. <laughs> and he tells you things that you, would, you, you, you know, may not want to do, and there is no way that you could have known that simply complimenting the orange sweater would lead to all of that that unfolded. And, you know, the timing of it suggests that, you know, you were sitting there and Judah probably sat there longer until you talked to her. Right. you might have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. And here you are thinking you're just waiting for the doctor, and meanwhile God is waiting for you to talk to this woman. <laughs> yes, right. I, I was late. On, it was I was late on purpose. I mean, you know, like would not let me get in there until I was obedient. Yep. Yeah. So now um, we are going to play a clip, and this what you just said is just the perfect segue. It is from um, a book called Have a Little Faith. That was written by Mitch Album, who is a writer. Um, and before he was a, ever a writer, he was a sportscaster. And uh, take a listen. It is uh, it's a clip of a, a a young man who is asking his rabbi about uh, this whole concept of talking with God. Finally, we sat down. I flipped open a pad. Years in journalism had ingrained the semaphore of interviewing and he nodded and blinked as if understanding that something more formal had begun. His chair was a low-backed model with casters that allowed him to roll to his desk or a cabinet. Mine was a thick green leather armchair, too cushy. I kept sinking into it like a child. Are you comfortable, he asked. Yes, I lied. Want to eat something? No, thanks. Drink? I'm good. Good. Okay. I hadn't written down a first question. What would be the right first question? How do you begin to sum up a life? I glanced again at the file marked God, which for some reason intrigued me. What would be in that file? Then I blurted out the most obvious thing you can ask a man of the cloth. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do, he said. I scribbled that on my pad. Do you ever speak to God? On a regular basis, he said. What do you say? These days, he sighed, and then he half sang his answer. These days I say, God, I know I'm going to see you soon, and we'll have some nice conversations. But meanwhile, God, if you're going to take me, take me already. And if you're going to leave me here, he opened his hands and looked to the ceiling. Maybe give me the strength to do what should be done. He dropped his hands. Well, there you have it, one person's conversations with God. Um, Now, Sheila, before we heard that clip, we were talking about how do you build this successful relationship with God. And, um, you know, it's one of my favorite topics because, on one hand, the, the rewards are so beneficial and so great, but on the other hand, so many of us can't fathom how to actually do it. And 
Now, I've heard at times people say, well, God doesn't talk to me or words to that effect. And in fairness, you know, I, I have to confess I used to feel that way too. And what you've just shared with that with us is the fact that, you know, that's not true. So for the people who are thinking, well, how do I get started? How do I start listening to those nudges? Um, do you have some suggestions for how do you even get started? If If I'm just sitting here starting from scratch today, are there habits that I can start to develop that allow me to listen and hear that voice? Sure. Okay, so there's a there's a number of things. The first thing is God speaks to us, um, I believe, you know, within our hearts, people say, or maybe within your mind or within kind of your inner self. Um, but the, the most uh, basic way to hear God is through his word. So, I mean, God's word is his voice, his um, conversation with us. Um, it is it is considered living. It is active, and it is purposeful um, to help us be able to live live our lives. And so, oftentimes, people may say, "Well, I don't know what to do about this, or what should I do? Maybe about my job, or what should I do about my relationships?" God's word gives us direction, so He can speak to us without us having to hear the nudge, so before we even get there, that we can hear it by looking at a specific scripture that that speaks to that very question that you have in your life. That really should be the basis or kind of the foundation for how you begin to hear um, nudges. And sometimes you may be doing something, you could be having a conversation with someone and maybe someone says something and you will hear a scripture that you have studied or heard that gives you the answer or a response via his word. And so that is another way where you're you're hearing it. So you're hearing it, uh, you're, you're hearing him by um, what you've studied or what you memorized or what you've um, learned or read in the past. There's also a, a scripture that's, um, where Jesus says, uh, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. And, you know, I, you know, I believe that as we continue to, to hear and study God's word, as we um, quiet ourselves, you know, not always talking. We so we're, you know, talking is so overrated. You know, we're always wanting to talk, and even in in prayer, when people have a conversation in prayer, prayer is um, a two way conversation. Should be a two way conversation. So we're saying some things, but we also can get quiet to see if we can hear some things. When I very, I don't want to say the very first time, but when I was starting to really hear God speak speak back to me when I was recognizing what I believed it was, that was him, um, I would have a question. I would I would be praying and asking God to help me with something. And I, in faith, was expecting an answer because someone had told me to, you know, to do that. While I'm doing that, I hear go to um, a specific, you know, chapter, John, whatever it was. I go to that verse in the Bible, and the verse in the Bible was a response to the question that I had put before God. It blew me away. And that was really, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, and so there's a, there are a number of ways that I believe you can, um, that you can hear, hear God, and so it's not always just that you're kind of out and about, but I think the, to your point or to your question is, is starting off, A, with his word, with the word of God, and then be really being able to listen, quiet yourself and listen and expect by faith that you're going to hear um, something in response. Well, that reminds me of a, well, this is just one example in my own life when I remember uh, this was at a time when I, I wasn't reading my life manual on a very regular basis, wasn't terribly familiar with it, still don't claim to be. And one of the ways that I knew 
that God was talking to me was because, you know, I had a friend of mine who said, you know, whatever it is you want to know, go ask him. And I thought, well, okay. (laughs) So off I'd go. And there was this one day where I was asking, you know, I had a wish list. Boy, did I have a wish list. So I'm kind of going through my wish list. Lord, I want my relationships to look like this, and I want this, and I want that. And, you know, in my heart, the answer that came was, you shall have the desire of your heart on this particular topic. And I didn't think very much about it until I'm reading my life manual one day, And I come across uh, Psalm 20, verse 4. And that particular psalm says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Mm. And that got my attention because I did not know that, until I read it, I did not know that there was a passage in the Bible that said that. And it just gave me goosebumps because what I realized was, That was God speaking to me in the language that I could confirm completely independently because he had said something that came straight out of my Bible, and it it just, that just blew me away. And that wasn't the only time when I got something that fell on my heart and I heard it, and then I went to the Bible and I just happened to be some, sometimes I was randomly reading, and I saw exactly that thing, and there's no way that I would have known because I hadn't heard it before. Which takes me to our next question, which is that life manual. So you read a life manual, what is it? Well, it is the Holy Bible. I use the New King James Version. And, um, you know, I was thinking back on just one of the previous questions and the comments that you were just making, you know, about how, um, you know, God, how he speaks to us. And I I really believe, you know, the, the, my life manual, the Bible, um, it shows where Jesus uses the example of um, kind of sheeps and goats. That kind of was just sticking out in my mind about how, you know, sheep, the example of a sheep is sheep is, you know, someone that is, um, well, excuse me, Jesus used that example because he wanted to help people in that in that time, in the context of they were, you know, sheep herders and shepherders. And, and so he wanted them to um, understand the parallels, the parallels and, um, stories that he would share with them, and so I believe that so often pe- people um, can be like sheep. You know, for me, I was trying to be a sheep, trying to be obedient and listen. Um, where oftentimes people can be goats, and a goat, in the kind of the contrast, is someone that um, you know is can be rebellious or um, just will eat anything, just do anything, and really is not willing to kind of go along with with, um, with the group. And so I, I believe that sometimes people do hear, uh, you know, God's leading and God's prompting, but they act like goats, that they just don't want to do it or are rebelling against it, or, and, and maybe sometimes they don't know. Um, but to a point of if we go back to the orange sweater and, and the example in the waiting room, you know, kind of a, a good a good thing or maybe a good person may say, well, you know what, I could go in and I could compliment everyone in the office. Um, but, you know, that could be a good thing or a good deed. But really God's people listen and they're obedient to his leading for the purpose of, Lifting up God. So, you know, I always kind of use this example that good deeds um, lift up people. God deeds lift up God. And so, you know, my life manual helps me really see that that foundation and be able to look at um, what do I need to do to be more um, like the example of God, you know, in the earth. Well, there is a whole lot in that life manual of yours and mine that talks about that relationship with God and the relationships we are to have with each other. Is there anything in particular that jumps out at you as being especially relevant to the topic of developing that solid relationship with God that you want to share with us today? Yeah, there's so, as you said, there's so many. uh, (laughs) One of the many things. (laughs) Okay, right, right. So 
uh, there's there's actually a couple that I you know can think of. You know, the first one really is you know Abraham and the sacrifice of his son Isaac. You know, mm-hmm. this relationship um, was with the relationship that Abraham had with God was developed over time. You know, Abraham really had, had missed, had made some mistakes. He had an illegitimate, you know, son because he felt like, you know, God or feared that God wasn't going to provide him with an heir, you know. So he had kind of missed the mark early on and then, you know, went back to trying to, you know, get back in with developing his relationship with God. And But, you know, in the, in the story, you know, Abraham is right at, I mean, he's lifting up the knife to actually sacrifice his son. He was going to kill his only son that he had waited all of these years for. But right in the midst of it, God stops him. And so, you know, in that case, Abraham, as long as with us, we can learn, you know, patience and being able to trust and be obedient in our relationship with God. Um, and that, you know, so often we put too much faith really in man or ourselves or the the plan that we think or the outcome that we um, that we expect, and you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that we're you know to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him and that acknowledge God, so He can direct our path. And so often we take measures into our own hands, but that you know, God's wisdom is is so much greater than our own, and He's developing us in His in the relationship with Him when we trust him, even when it seems as though it is um, not going to turn out, you know, the way we want it to. The the other example um, is how Jesus modeled his relationships with his disciples. You know, I think that that was a, is a beautiful um, illustration of, you know, looking at the kind of the the good points, the great things that the disciples did, but also the faults and the the errors and the challenges that they had as well. And you know, even with one disciple, which God knew, um, Jesus knew that He would stab him in the back, but He still loved him. He still gave His life for him. And this, to me, is an example of how intimacy with God, our Father, um, you know, can produce unconditional love. Um, to our brothers and sisters. And so even though we have, sometimes we have, as we talked before about some bad relationships or some relationships that are, are, are tattered or torn, that um, being reconciled with God, here's another reason, being reconciled with God and connected with God and having an intimate relationship with God um, teaches us how to love um, others and how to have more intimate relationships with um, with people in our lives. Well, that is such an interesting thing because you know that's I, I found that to be to be true. And going back to something you said earlier about that relationship sort of starting gradually, sometimes with little things and then growing. I remember there were times when, at the beginning of my personal journey, where you know I would I would hear that prompting and. It would be most often for me it was, you know, somebody said something to me and I took it the wrong way. And the 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 prompting that I would get is, you know, don't worry about it. Let it go. And and, and God doesn't stutter and God doesn't repeat himself, right? So if you don't listen, you're just not gonna listen. And I would I would I would hear that and then I would just think oh, but you have no idea what that person said to me. (laughs) And then I'd go off and I would react and I would respond and it would just blow up and it would just be this whole big thing. And, 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 And it would go very, very badly. And then I'd be sitting there thinking, well, he did say to let that go. <laughs> right. And over time, I learned to obey. <laughs> and as I learned to obey, then we got to bigger and bigger tests to the point mm-hmm. where, you know, we got to the point where if God says, let this go, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I don't need to know why. I don't need to understand. I'm, 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 just, I'm just following along because I have learned to recognize that voice, and I have learned over time to trust when when God is speaking to me. So now when we think I about... Well, and I just want to tag on to that real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, to uh, and typically, I, mean, I think even if you look at children, that, 
it's kind of trial and error, you know, and so we're in this relationship with God. We get promptings and leadings, and, and most of the time we learn, unfortunately, by our error. You know, we, yep. we get burned. We touch the stove, you know, we get burned, okay, hot, very hot. And so we don't want to do that again, you know, or, you know, we see the the uh, the pain of our wrong choice or, you know, the decision to do something outside of the wisdom of God. And so here again is, is another example of how this relationship, uh, having a successful intimate relationship with God is developed. It is over time, just like any relationship. I mean, with the relationships that we have with, with one another, they come through um, kind of steady, consistent trust, trial and error, and it builds and grows, and so it's the same with him, except the benefits, are, I believe, are so much more. Well, with that, this takes us to our second clip of the show, and I could not, I could not resist a clip from the movie Bruce Almighty, because, of course, <laughs> in that movie, Bruce has a, a series of conversations with God who shows up in very tangible form, and uh, here's one of their conversations. I'm going to go now. Hey, but the boss be right out. You must be Bruce. I've been expecting you. This is hilarious. So you're the boss and the electrician in the chamber. Must be a killer Christmas party. Don't get drunk, though. One of you might need a ride home. <laughs> you always were funny, Bruce. Just like your father. He didn't mind rolling up his sleeves either, son. People underestimate the benefit of good old manual labor. Wait a minute. Some of the happiest people in the world go home smelling the high heaven at the end of the day. All right, what is this? How do you know my father, and how'd you get my pager number? Oh, I know quite a lot about you, Bruce. Just about everything there is to know. Everything you've ever said or done or thought about doing. Right there in that sound cabin. Wow, a whole drawer just for me. What if I take a look? I just need to be quiet. And so 
I do believe that uh, God is that we're capable of of um, walking with with God all the time and hearing Him um, kind of as a as a joking the joke with the clip, but that that really is can be a reality, but it is dependent on us and our willingness to give up. I think a lot of our um, uh, our control, and I and I, I want to say to the flip side of that, you know, there's probably maybe some listener that says, oh well, you know, what are we walking around as, as zombies or robots, needing God to tell us take your left foot and put it in front of your right foot? No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, but more an acknowledgement, I think, is is the point I want to make. It's more of an acknowledgement that we do, um, we need God's help, and he is willing to help us. He's willing to be um, closer to us than um, any person ever could, and even closer to us than ourselves, because sometimes we think that we know ourselves what we should do, but that he can help us um, in every situation. Well, what is the role of free will and choice? in that equation, because um, you you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, part of what I'd be wondering at this point is, well, if I'm I'm supposed to be listening to God and if I'm supposed to be getting direction, where does does my choice come in? Well, um, in the Life Manual, it talks about um, that we pray, and even Jesus modeled the, the prayer that, not my will, but let your will be done. And so we do have choice. That is why I really believe that our world is the way it is now, I mean, with all of the um, the problems and challenges that we're finding in our in our culture. It's because because of all we of have the had, great choices that we have made. <laughs> right. The, yes, the number of choices that we have made, because if we followed um, the the life the life manual that I've chosen, you know, that it's telling us to, to love. I mean, we talked about this earlier, um, I think even before we got on the show, where, you know, it's about love. If we could just, if we were loving, having a loving relationship with God, one, and loving, relation, and loving one another, two, if everything hinges on those two things. And we don't, we don't even need to do a bunch of other stuff. All you need to do, if you could do those two things, that um, our 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 society would be completely different, and and so we do have a choice, and that's what's happening. We're we're living out, we're seeing how choices have been lived out that are not to love one another and are not to respect and honor one another. And so um, my my will is is to do the will of God, and if I do the will of God, uh, then I most likely. Uh, it's most likely going to be a better choice than what Sheila wants to do because Sheila is, you know, gets mad or angry and, and snaps too quick and, you know, has an attitude and, and doesn't want to forgive and doesn't forget, and you know. And so God is not like that. He's like, okay, I need you to get in with my will because my will is that I need you to love. I need you to be forgiving. I need you to, you know, unconditionally be able to, to walk in relationship with this person. And so but that's the difference between, you know, his will and our choice. Do you find that God talks to you in a single way, or do you find that he talks to you in multiple ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiple, definitely. You know, I mean, God is so multidimensional when you think about it. So, oh, my goodness, you know, even really with love letters is how, Love letters is an expression of um, God's love and God's talking to me. You know, I think about how I, every time in this, every time I look outside and I see the trees, I see God, like I see nature kind of pointing to God and, and you know, praising God. Um, sometimes there can be cases where uh, I could be thinking about something or maybe even somewhat sad or discouraged about something and one person after another 
will come to me and, and say something encouraging or say, oh, you know what, you look so nice today. Did, did I ever tell you how much you helped me in the past? And somebody else will call me on the phone or send me a text. And I'm like, okay, this is not a coincidence. You know, this is God's way of speaking to me and to talking to me, you know, in in, in that instance. And then sometimes I may be just looking, you know, at, at nature, maybe just the water, like, oh, my goodness, you know, God is so good and he's great. And so I feel that he's talking in that way. Sometimes it's, you know, back to where I'm looking at a scripture, and I can clearly see that that is um, God's way of of being able to reach me where, right where I am. Uh, you know, and sometimes it could be through a child. You know, I could, sometimes you hear, you know, children, they, they're, they're so honest, and they may, you know, say something very direct, and you know that God is using this child to be able to um, speak truth into a situation. So I, I, I believe that we err on the side of believing that God only speaks one way. And so, it, again, by faith, we're opening ourselves up to know that because God, with all of his infinite wisdom and um, with all power and authority and the ability to govern this entire universe, that... Um, he, uh, as he created the earth, he created me, he can speak to me in a number of ways, either through touch or feel or sense or word, um, just depending on um, whatever I'm receptive um, in hearing. I used to find, and I still find, that I can always tell it's the voice of God, especially through other people, when... And this has happened to me countless times where I will sit down for my prayer and meditation time and I will ask God a question or I will ask God for assistance with something. And, you know, within the week, here comes somebody who has no idea that I have this issue in my life at that time who somehow manages to speak exactly the answer that I was looking for for whatever the question was. And it's kind of an astonishing thing because, like you you said, with that child who speaks truth into your life, they don't know that this is something that you needed. And, you know, they speak to you and you just realize that, you know, if you're paying attention and if you're listening, you recognize that that is God speaking to you because I think I get disheartened sometimes when, you know, God speaks and people think, oh, it's just a coincidence. Right. And they keep going. And it's like, that wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> right. How could, I mean, you know, feel like how could it be? A, of all the things that can go wrong, you know, when things were the the perfect timing, you know that that's not a coincidence. I mean, well, at least I, I feel like it's not. Yeah. Well, this concludes um, the show. Uh, we are almost at the top of our hour, so... Sheila, I'm going to thank you so much for joining us again on the show today. Well, thank you. How much time do I have? Is there? Do you have one more minute? I have a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Um, one thing you had mentioned about steps, and I wanted just to leave your listeners with one with um, a few things that I wanted yeah. people one to be able to pray for um, if, if they're looking at, you know, steps and how they could take to, to develop a further relationship with God. Um, pray for increase of faith, you know, by um, their life manual or stories, that, you know, um, that Jesus has told. Um, two, to believe that he will speak, so believing that. Um, three, review other stories where God spoke to man. I think that would be helpful. Um, four, fellowship with or talk or interview someone that has a strong relationship with God so that can help further increase their faith. And knowing that going to church does not necessarily mean you're going to get closer to God. So, you know, you really need to build someone, build a relationship with someone. And the most important way to have an intimate relationship with God is is through his son and how the life manual talks about that, um, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that Jesus is um, Lord, that we will be saved. And so I think that um, this will be great ways for your listeners to continue to grow and develop their intimacy with the Lord. Well, thank you very much for joining us and for those kind and wise words, Sheila. Uh, Listeners, join us next week when our guest speaker will be Amazon.com, best-selling author of the book, Be or Not Be, The Choice is Yours, 
Barbara Hoffmeister will be joining us all the way from Germany for an installment in our Moments to Be series. And to close out the 10th anniversary uh, month of the 9-11 tragedy, our topic will be Why Worry? So until next week, this is the U.S. saying go in peace, live well, live fully, and love deeply. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply.